there, chummy? Chums. <laughs> Chums. Are we in the 18th century? <laughs> we are indeed, yes. Just call me Crimbo. Yeah, or the Great War. That's for The Great War. Yeah. Um, yeah, so how have you been, man? I've been my usual self. Your much. usual self? Yeah, happy and as ever, you know. Happy yeah. and dandy and yeah. gay? Yeah, yeah. All those words describe me. <laughs> uh, yeah, cheerful. Uh, that's probably what I should be. Good bit of cheerfulness, yeah. yeah. Oh, same here, man. It's just uh, it's been raining like hell over here, um, as you can see. Um, yeah, yeah. Looking <laughs> so out the like, window. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at it go. Um, so yeah, some places are flooded around here. So it's uh, oh, the underground. Can't get the underground because that's flooded apparently. Has it? Yeah, apparently the. I don't know to what extent because they just said. Uh, undergrounds are closed uh, because of flooding, and I was like, "Jesus Christ! You, the, the holes under the city, holes <laughs> flooded? Like, oh shit! How's that work out? Um, I don't know. Like, it's just weird. <laughs> Surely the trains can just become like boats, then, though, can't they? Well, Beautiful. I don't know. More like submarines, I would think. Yeah, it would be difficult to get out, wouldn't it? The doors open, <laughs> you just come up with water. <laughs> yeah, I no, didn't think that was going to be always going to be that one asshole at the end of the carriage that has to open one of the windows because he's a little bit hot. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. letting the whole load of water. <laughs> oh, it's too hot in here, and it just <laughs> lets it open. Everything gushes in. You know, an octopus here. Yeah, Man. You, you can't hear like a muffled. Please mind the gap. <laughs> <laughs> Doors are closing. <laughs> oh man, that, that, uh, yeah. So it's not, I don't think I've ever seen it this bad. But uh, uh, to be honest, everything is going to shit these days. Uh, you got um, people getting shot everywhere, and and then like not even actually getting shot, but in Germany, apparently they someone pulled out a gun. Uh, I read it this morning. Actually, someone pulled out a gun in a cinema, and uh, apparently, allegedly, they said it was a toy gun, but. There's no actual factual reports. They just, and allegedly, he hurt 50 people. And then the police said, uh, actually, he didn't hurt anyone, which would make sense, uh, you know, because of the toy gun. But yeah. it's, it's just stuff like this. But that's like a less serious case. There's crazy shootings going on all week, you know. Of course, the tragedy of uh, Orlando was the first one. First one, yeah. It's horrible. Um, mm. It just makes you think, like, what's the world coming to, man? Yeah. It's, uh, the kind of, it is kind of, like, scary, but... I don't I don't want to leave the EU, man, because I don't want to be out with, by myself with all this shit going on. I know. It, it's it's kind of... What's the world coming to? Yeah. And then there's, uh, there's Joe Cox as well, wasn't there? Joe Cox, yeah. Shot by... Uh, well, he shouted Britain first, but... At the same time, you don't know if that actually means he's part of Britain first. I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. if anything. Um, but I'm just saying, like, obviously Britain first denies any involvement with him. But <laughs> He no, would do. No, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I'd, I'd say, uh, you know, uh, he, he, was, he was only one person from Britain first, if he was a member, that had shot. So it's not like the whole of Britain first, but I'd still... Don't like yeah, this. I mean, there's a nut job in every social circle, isn't there? Yeah. You know, so I mean, Tony Blair was head of Labour for a while. Turns out he's a walker and all. Who yeah. knew? <laughs> David Cameron. David Cameron's just a cock. Who knew? You know. Well, we all did, really. Yeah, we did. Really. Um, yeah. But yeah, you just—that's uh, just uh, another example of maniacs are everywhere. So you know. yeah, some just managed to get into power. <laughs> Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, uh, we've got Trump, who's almost in power. Got Clinton, if he continues with could be in Clinton, power. who could be in power. And then Bernie, who's declared he might team up with Clinton uh, to stop Trump. It's kind of like some sort of Jedi battle going on, you know? Yeah. Let's stop the Sith, let's join up and join forces, you know, I, our differences see, aside. I see Clinton as 
the um, you know the Sith one who's meant to be on the good side, but it turns out to be the bad side. Yeah, so like the betrayer. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think. She's about. she's quite bad actually. I don't like some her. of the stuff I read. Jeez. Yeah, and th- those things she said in those uh, those reports. Yeah, uh, that was actually her. That's quite terrible. Yeah. Well, I, I don't mean to get political here, but of course oh, I no. do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's she's support as Secretary of State. She supported coups in Honduras. Yeah. Not, you don't hear much about this. Or you certainly don't in the mainstream media. You wouldn't, would you? I'm actually surprised Donald Trump hasn't directly attacked them himself. But part of me thinks that's because he didn't want to read anything. Yeah, I did. I say I find that one really difficult. Who who do you support in that case? Trump yeah. or Clinton? Trump, who will say anything? <laughs> well, but to be honest, they both say anything to get into the presidency. I think that's true. But at the same time, what I think to myself is, I even go to the whole cartoony uh, situation of. Who's not going to press the red button that fast? Yeah. Or, uh, but then you think to yourself, who's going to ignore uh, societies more and, you know, just little things like that. And I, I, I don't think I can choose between them. I, obviously, I, I want to choose Hillary purely because I want to choose a person who's actually creditable. Yeah. Uh, as bad as they might be. But it's a very grey morality cho- choosing. You know, it's not exactly black and white. Yeah. That's why Bernie comes off as a, a really nice standing guy, because he actually, he makes all these weird promises, but he, if he can actually follow through with them, he's, he seems like a peaceful guy. Yeah, also, I mean, he's, he was on, like, on the right side of like the civil rights movement. I don't think anyone mm. can deny that. Yeah. Um, he's the right side on like the wars in the Middle East, yeah. whereas certain Mrs. Clinton wasn't. So... I guess he's kind of like the Corbyn of uh, yeah. America. Yeah, I, I found it weird, like how both like the, the, the sad thing about Corbyn and Bernie Sanders is just how old they are. If they were yes. a bit younger, it'd be so perfect because you know they'd have like more time. With Bernie Sanders, That's, it's he feels yeah, he's like he he may well still be alive in like four eight years mm. time, but he, he, well, you don't know for sure. That's just the sad thing, isn't it, I suppose? That's true. But then again, look how how uh, long Tony Benn lasted for. Yeah, true. So he, 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 you know, he quit politics, but he went on to just do lots of other things, you know, support yeah. others. I think at the same time with Corbyn or Bernie, especially Bernie, actually, he's quite push. he's pushing it quite well. But it's the age that actually makes you respect them more. If they were younger, some, some people would brush him off as, oh, upstart ex-students or... You know, who, uh, yeah. who read their first article and now they think they're Russell Brand's niece or something. Yeah. But because they are that age and they are that experience, you can see it. They've, they've been through this. They know what they're talking about. They've actually lived through some of the regrettable times. Yeah. And it's, that's why I think I like them. And if, if it means, you know, they, they could just about live through their term, go ahead, you know, do it. You know. Yeah. At least set an example for the future politicians, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Benny's... Well, obviously, Benny Sanders is be president now. No, I don't think so. Maybe, maybe in the future, but I do hope Corbyn stays long enough to get to the election in 2020. Yeah. Although there could be or an election a, sooner than that, possibly. Yeah, or at, or at least serve as a good uh, reminder of what could have been, or, or, or a yeah. good example of to, to guide people, you know. I'll be honest, um, I voted for Labour in the last election, but mm-hmm. if it continued down the same path, I'm not sure I would have done. Oh, really? Next time. But with Corbyn in charge, I, I, I think it's a strong possibility that I will. Even though I, you, I'm, I'm still mean... a bit sceptical about him at the moment. I do, yeah. I do like, I do hope that he can kind of bring about the change in the Labour Party that I want to see. Yeah. When, when you said the last election, I'm, I'm actually struggling now. Um, that 
that wasn't that <laughs> there was the Gordon Brown election. That's when Cameron got in. The 2015 um, one. Was, 2015. Yeah. Who who was the Labour candidate for that? Ed Miliband. It was Ed Miliband. That's it. Yeah. Sorry, Mister Forgetful. Yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah. I, I, I voted Labour as well. But at the same time, I, I, I respect Miliband now because he's free from certain... He can say what mm. he likes now. But at the time, he felt like he, he was being told to say what he can say and what he can't say. He's, you know, he's not exactly able to uh, relax like yeah. some of the other politicians. You know, he, he does look a bit stiff. And, and that became a personality war as well. Yeah. The problem is, though, he played into it. You know, he played into the whole... Uh, Jeremy Corbyn doesn't do that. You know, he doesn't yeah. respond to these things, you know. Yeah, I just... The, I, I, found, I found the problem, like, Ed Miliband was he just didn't really know what he stood for. I didn't yeah. feel there was, it, like, a clear enough, like... Is he identity? a New Age yeah. Labour that's more conservative, or is he a... Because even those Yvette Cooper and... Uh, oh, that, that one Scouser guy, Alex something... I can't remember his name. That were trying to take Corbyn's place. Oh yeah, they were very conservator, conservator. You know, yeah. kind of a hybrid between Labour and Conservative. It's very well. That's because actually, I was, I was saying um, in the podcast we did about Trump or the Great American Debate or whatever it was called. I mm. said to Tymon, "Can you really tell? Like before, like Corbyn, could you really tell like, the difference between Labour and conser- Conservative? Sure. Really at the top, like the, the shadow cabinet and the cabinet. Could you?" Really tell the difference between them i i think that's the problem a lot of people saw with like labor and conservative you just mm. couldn't tell the difference that's true at the end of the day it was a bit of a it was a weird time when it was just suits and yeah else. It, it just kind of feels like the labor party had become like a poor imitation of the conservative party in a way yeah particularly under blair and brown i thought but yeah it's it's, it's just become oiled and kind of just uh, not well, boring as well, but just there's no one that stands out for good, you know. Like yeah. for, for they don't stand up for a better for what the people want, really. I mean, yeah, it's all rhetoric. It's all uh, washing away comments and stuff. Especially Boris Johnson, he's one of the worst for it. You know, oh, yeah. people try and ask him a question. Oh, that one, that one uh, conservative politician with the glasses uh, and the bald head, thinning head. Jeremy Jeremy Paxman gave him to him a new one, if you remember. Oh. I, he kept asking him the same question, and he kept, you know... Oh, Michael Howard, was it? Michael Howard, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, he he was a joy to watch just wow. because he was the epitome of what you thought of with old, old Tory Bencher, you know? Yeah. Oh, but the, the rumours that he was a vampire. <laughs> slightly, slightly, um, slightly racist, actually. It's all to do with his his heritage and stuff like that. Didn't Michael Bell draw him with fangs? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and yeah. and Widdicombe, that that lovely and conservative. <laughs> oh God, yeah, she's a she's a she's a exit a Brexit, isn't she? Yeah, she said Michael had had something of, of the night about him and stuff like that. Oh, it was a bit. Yes. It was a bit of a smear campaign against him. Really was, yeah. Because yeah. even even when they realised he wasn't going to win, just, it was like piranhas. All the Tories mm. turned on him as well. So yeah, there you go. I'm going to say, I, I did actually vote Leave today, but not for the reasons that Farage mm-hmm. point today. So I just want to you know, say that. Well, at least you know you're not buying into the whole personality thing. You know, yeah. Um, everyone has their reasons, and uh, I, I would say that I'm actually going to be voting to stay. Yeah. Because I, I just, I have my reasons for it as well, but not personal ones, you know. Not, not yeah. like, oh, because so-and-so voted for it, or because, you know, um, yeah. or, or, or I love the Irish or something like that. It's it's, it's other things. Uh, and and no, we don't have, you know, 
Yeah. It's brave, brave of you to say who, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's it's come so toxic and, like, it's all mm. come, like, about people insulting each other. And I think, it's, it's, I think the whole point of politics is you have people who disagree and you get a compromise at the end of the day. Yeah. So. You should see my Facebook wall, mate. Oh, it's, yeah. it's absolutely nothing. There was one person who posted something other than the Brexit campaign and I, I thanked him. <laughs> yeah. I actually posted, thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, I, the only thing I did today, um, Facebook was asking me whether I voted or not, and I just said I voted. I didn't. I didn't put who for because I, I, yeah. I, I do find that a bit annoying on like Facebook when people say, "Oh, I voted for that one." So should you? I just think mm. no. Let let people make their own mind up. You know, it's we're not voting because you told us to. Yeah. So I just think it's like just you know vote for what you believe. It. In ultimately, you know, like you, you believe in staying, I believe in leaving. You know, it's as yeah. simple as that, really. I, d- I don't know why we have to constantly convince like each other. Well, sometimes. that's the thing. Like, uh, I, I, I hate the fact that people are trying to constantly push their opinion. Yeah. But at the same time, I guess that's what a democracy is. You know, you, you, uh, yeah, it's I, free speech. You, you tell your point, but don't let it divulge into like bad mouthing or, or, you know, shouting at people or something, you know, like yeah. there was, there was, there's one person I know who posted a point about, he, I think he, this woman had said to him, it's you guys who are the reason for uh, you Brexit people who are the reason Joe Cox is dead. Yeah. And at first, he, he was flabbergasted. That's why he posted the picture. But it's like, Jesus Christ, that's that's such a crazy statement. And ignorant as well. Yeah, I, I kind of, I, I did feel that was kind of, that's that's the danger of kind of what happened. But I, I just, like, I feel like it's okay. I can, when you're, like, having a debate, yeah, I think it's, in, you, you, I can understand you're trying to convince someone else to mm. support the other side. But it's like when people just, like, just randomly, if someone just says, oh, I'm voting Brexit, and someone's telling yeah. them, trying to convince them otherwise. I mean, I just, I don't know, it sometimes feels like you just, like, I don't know, I sometimes feel it's better you just keep your opinions to yourself sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Just, if someone asks you for your opinion, that's what I've done. If someone, like, if someone's asked my opinion, I'll say that's what I think. But if, unless someone's asked my opinion, I don't. I just don't say anything at the end of the day. Yeah, like leave them to it because you, yeah. you don't want to have a hoo ha. But that's the British way, isn't it? I, yeah, everyone loves to get angry at something. You know, that's why Jeremy Kyle exists. Yeah. Speaking of opinions, where's where's Tom? I think she's at a children's party. Really? Yeah. You know, if we know what she's like, you know, loves children, yeah. balloons. Oh yes, of course. Everything, you know. She's she's entertaining them, you know. Uh, She's so she's so good with children. She is. She is really like. It it warms my heart when I see her at the nursery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the the only sad thing was that she was trying to get them to agree to plastic surgery because that's <laughs> yeah. that's her job apparently but at the same time you know it's an innocent practice if you look at it from her point of view yeah yeah i mean and to, to be fair it's good business you're trying to get customers <laughs> early you know <laughs> While they're impressionable, it's questionable, but it's it's never too late to warp their minds. Yeah, but I I can understand why she'd do it. (laughs) Well, I I think that was a good segue there, Chris, for what we're going to talk about today. uh, Pray, pray do tell. We we are going to be talking about the Sodder children. I think Mm. that's how you pronounce it. Yes. 
That is it. Well, yeah. well I, 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 that's the English way of pronouncing yeah, it, I suppose. because they're, they're an Italian-American family, or American-Italian, however you say it. Mm. So I don't know if, like, there's some Italian kind of phrasing to that. I meant to, like, sudor. So we just call them Soda, even though it does sound Soda. a bit weird saying that. Yeah, well, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's the right one, actually, because yeah. even thinking now, there's not really many different ways you could say it. Yeah, it just reminds me of Sod, that's all. <laughs> yes. Soda. Yeah. Oh, I did. I, nah, actually, I won't say it. It's about the two bunnies. But oh, oh, do tell. It's it's that thing that um, um, they had a song and it uh, part of the line was sewed off your caps. Oh yeah, so I you say it, that. <laughs> you say it, but they put sewed off, so it just looks like sewed off. <laughs> like for a few lines. Like, oh, but, we should have played that as a song. Oh yeah, we should have. We'll have to get oh. Tarmim to edit that in if she's editing this. Why not? You can edit that together, Tarmim. She is. She's probably going to edit that whole story about her being at a children's party, isn't she? Maybe. We just got to keep her... mentioning it as much as we can. Yeah. Is she still at the children's party right now? Oh, okay. Yeah, she's still at that children's party. <laughs> we just do that every <laughs> ten minutes. Yeah. Five minutes. Nice. Yeah. Right. So I shall begin now. Right. It's Christmas Eve of 1945. And the Sodder family are living in Fayetteville. Does that sound right to you? Fayetteville. It's in West Virginia. That's all you need to know. And you can write and complain if you... Oh, yeah. Fayetteville. It looks a bit French, actually. Probably is. Husband and wife, George and Jenny Sodder, are celebrating Christmas with their ten children. Although one of the sons, Joe Sodder, is away with the army. As the night goes on, George retires for bed for the night, followed shortly by two of his sons, John, who's 23, and George Jr., who's 16. Jenny then decides it's time for the rest of the children to go to bed. Um, They make a case for, like, staying up and playing with their toys um, that their older sister, Maria, who's 17, had brought them. The children promised that they would do some chores before bed, and they got, they got their way. Jenny did take um, their youngest child, Sylvia, who was three at the time, up with her when she went to bed. Huh. So we kind of know where they where they kind of all are at the moment. Yeah. A little past midnight, Jenny is awoken by the phone ringing. Jenny answers, but the woman on the other end asks to speak to someone Jenny does not know. The woman laughs and hangs up when Jenny tells her that she has the wrong number. Jenny assumes that this is probably just some prank call but she then notices that the lights are still on in the house and the doors are unlocked and jenny kind of feels this is a bit unusual as the children are usually kind of very good at you know attending to these things so they they usually turn the lights off and lock the doors just before you go any further whereabouts is jenny in this situation um she's gone up to bed i think at this point I'm guessing it's upstairs. There's only problem, like, we don't know what their house is like. I'm guessing they've gone up to bed. But it could be, like, one of those houses where they all live on, like, the ground floor. Yeah. So, I don't, you know, I think they had a first floor and I think they had a second floor. Okay. But I, I assume she went up to bed on the second well, floor. Well, assume they have a normal house anyway. Yeah, that's, I'll go with that assumption first. I mean, it could just be, like, a thing, it's Christmas. They probably may be a bit excited. They maybe didn't. You know, forgot to turn the lights off this time and lock the doors. Yeah. They could have even still been playing, possibly. That's true. Well, you don't know what kids are like. I, I think it's it's on the 24th, is it? Yeah, it's Christmas Eve. So she turns off the lights and locks the doors and then goes back to sleep. Having barely just got back to sleep, 
she she hears a thump on the roof, followed by the sound of something rolling. And it's soon after this she realizes that the house is on fire. And sure. this is around about one thirty a.m. in the morning. And this kind of slightly important later on. She screams for her husband and children to get out. Um, the oldest boys, John and George Jr., made it out of the house, as well as the oldest girl, Marion, who ran out with baby Sylvia. Jenny and George both make it out. However, while they'd been kind of lucky, they realised that five of the other children haven't got out yet. So he, uh, George then tries everything possible to get back in the house and save them. He, he even, like, tried to break a window and in the process managed to cut his arm. Jeez. And although he, it was very difficult to see through the smoke, he could see that the flames had covered the in the entire first floor. So I'm, I'm assuming, yeah, there was a second floor, I'm guessing, because right, yeah. otherwise everyone would be pretty much dead already, I think. And then kind of some, there's some moments of real bad luck begin to follow. He runs to a rain barrel where they used to keep water, and yeah. he's, what he's hoping to do is get buckets of water to throw on the house. I mean... It's it's probably in vain a little bit because the fire sounds like it's already quite powerful and what a few buckets of water would do, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Like, especially the, the whole of the, was it the second so, floor? Yeah, was first engulfed? floor. Just, the first floor yeah. was engulfed in flames. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's going to be like pissing in the wind. Yeah. I, mean, I suppose it's better than nothing, but yeah. he discovers that, because, I mean, this is winter time and winters in America can be quite severe sometimes and the water yeah. just completely frozen over. So it was completely useless. So they couldn't use that. He then encounters further bad luck when he goes to try and find his ladder. Yeah. He finds that this has disappeared from where he's always kept it. So it's a place where, you know, it's always been. And it's just gone. And there's no sign of it. He did then try and, and just climb up the house by hand, which is, you know, it's obviously not the best way of trying mm. to get up a house. That obviously wasn't working. He and his sons then tried to get their trucks. So they they were thinking of trying to get the trucks up by the side of the house, maybe try and climb up to the second floor that way. Christ, it just keeps getting worse for them. Um, Well, it gets even worse. Uh, Because of the cold weather, they couldn't get the trucks to start, or that's what we assume at the moment. Oh, my goodness. That's all they've tried to do to try and stop the fire at the moment, but there is more bad luck to come because the oldest daughter, Marion, she runs to a neighbour's house to call the fire department. Mm. Now, uh, at first, they couldn't even get through to the operator to reach call. And when they finally did manage to get through to the operator, they had to phone each of the town's firemen individually. Oh, my God. So you can imagine how difficult that is. It's not yeah. ideal. And, I mean, it's kind of like middle of the night that you still think fire people would be prepared for that. Yeah, well, it would like, be nowadays. Just, just to see how how many different people it takes to just to do something simple like pilot a fire engine. <laughs> yeah. It's, <sighs> it's amazing. And um, they were eventually dispatched to the scene. Now, this is where you know, this is made. the fire station was less than three miles from the Sodder house, but the firemen yeah. didn't get there until 8 a.m. When you consider that the fire was about 1.30, they discovered it, yeah. the family. That's like, that's nearly seven hours. That's six and a half hours. That's <laughs> got too late yeah. at that point. <laughs> and at this point, the house had just burnt to the ground. Yeah. Well, it, they, um, they said it 
pretty much just bent to the ground within 45 minutes of the fire starting. I mean, it's, it's West Virginia, so it must have been a, a detached house, would you say? Um, I did actually see a photo of it um, somewhere on the internet, and it's kind of like it's a coal farm they lived on. So oh, if you imagine, right. like, a little kind of farmhouse. Yeah, because it's quite a big family. Yeah, there, there, well, there's ten children. Uh, well, eleven mm. if you count the one that's in the army. So yeah, yeah it's it's wow. quite it's quite a big house. Um, it's like um, I saw a photo, and it's literally just your typical kind of farmhouse. Yeah. If like if you um, uh, if you like put in um, Sodder family home, I think it comes up. Or I because I, I looked up um, one of the surviving children. It has like a picture of the house there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just trying to get a kind of look at it. It's very small, though. It looks actually like might it might just be one floor. Just one floor. Yeah, if that's what I'm looking at right now is their actual house. Sure. It's hard to tell. It's it's a bit on the small side, so it's not very tall. If you get what I mean, not, it's quite big yeah. in the sense of uh, overall size, but it's not very tall. So, yeah. Um, the next morning, the police arrive on the scene, and literally they they investigated for just two hours. And they concluded that the fire was started by faulty wiring. Shit. George didn't believe this because he'd recently had the wiring redone and he'd had it inspected as well. Yeah. Which I assume you probably have to maybe do on a farm. Well, it's, it's kind of... Well, you, you hear about people ignoring that stuff yeah. once they get into it, but usually, yeah, you check it. You, and you usually have someone check it for you anyway. I mean, someone comes around... Then again, it's a farmhouse, right? Yeah. So it's probably not under the same regularities that you would get in a, in a city block or something. Yeah, true. Um, but at the same time, like, I, yeah, yeah, you would check it if you're, if you're that independent. Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose you could kind of... Um, it could, I mean, they could, it could have been like a cowboy kind of electrician, I guess, or whatever Maybe. they call them. <laughs> so he, he wasn't convinced by this, and he pointed out that lights had stayed on for a time after the fire, so the idea that it was kind of a wiring problem, he, yeah. that's his, what he believes. Yeah, and at the time, Port suggested that there was no remains whatsoever found in the Ashton rubble. But despite this, it was ruled by the coroner's jury that the missing Sodder children died in the fire. And yet, this wasn't based on anything scientific as evidence. Not really. There was no, there was, just, there was no like evidence of bodies there. So, I just, a, you know, you you mm. think yourself, surely, if there's no evidence of bodies, then they can't make an assumption, can they? I mean, I do they. Or was it possible it could have disintegrated that much? Yeah, so that's what I was going to come on to because I, I just think, um, I, I don't know whether it's maybe the time. It happened like 1945. You'd like yeah. to think things had probably developed a bit further by then, but yeah. I still think it was relatively... I think you've got to remember, I don't, cause I'm not entirely sure where West Virginia is in America, yeah. but it's, while some parts of America are incredibly modern, some... St- kind of still got, I think, left a bit mm. behind the times a bit. But still, the whole the phone call and the fact that yeah. the windows and doors are unlocked. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming the front and back door as well. Like, it just, it's it it's a bit too coincidental for it to be happening on the same night, everything burnt down. Yeah. What, That's just yeah. freaky. What you said about the, like, the bodies, though, not being found, I think a lot of these days, I don't think 
you uh, they wouldn't that would still they'd leave it an open case yeah. there's no bodies but someone did point out i think that back then they might have not known what to look for because <laughs> the bodies would have been very kind of badly burnt so it, it, we they might not have necessarily known what to look for at the time it might have even been a case of just not knowing whether bodies do break down that much after a, an intense fire like that of seven hours yeah no less. it's like it was it was a very intense fire that that was obvious i mean it yeah. very quickly got through the first floor so and and bones can like if they can be destroyed and disintegrated in some cases um i'm not sure what would happen to bone to be honest if you just left it in an intense flame for for hours yeah. I mean, may, maybe it does break down somehow, or ash, or... I was thinking, like, in, in cremations and stuff like that. Yeah. It does burn, but that's, like, that's very kind of... Focused. That's very, yeah, yeah, but it's very intense isn't it? Yeah. It's, like, probably intensest you could probably get. But kind of what gave them hope was that um, not long after, another house burnt down. Yeah. And all, oh. But in that house, all seven skeletons were found. Oh, shit. And, Serious? Yeah, and you, I... I don't know the differences of intensity of the two fires. Or how long they went on for. Yeah, but... The fact that it happened, though, I mean, that is... That's very suspect. Yeah. Um, There's kind of a bit of debate between people. uh, I I know a lot of people who say, that I was reading on this, who say, you'd still expect to find something. It's the fact that nothing was found. Like, uh, remains were found later on, but it turned out to be from a cow or something like that. There's a theory that that was like planted there because there's going to be a theory who, who might be behind this coming up soon. George and, and Jenny definitely believe that the children had been, been kidnapped. That's what they believe happened, and that the fire was kind of just a cover for the crime scene. Basically, it was just yeah to kind of get their, get them George and Jenny's attention away from their children. And um, there's like a few kind of uh, witnesses and rumours that suggest that this may have been the case. Because, um, you know, I think we were talking about, um, you know, what, what happened to like the ladder and stuff like that. Well, yeah. a strange man was witnessed stealing from the Sodder's garage while the fire was burning as well. So this is kind of interesting. And the article I was reading said he was actually arrested and that, right. uh, that he um, says that he stole the ladder and attempted to cut their power line, but instead he cut the phone line. I don't know whether he confessed to this or he was actually caught in the act of stealing this stuff. Why would he, why would he say that anyway? Yeah. I mean, sure. But yeah, the, the ladder was found away from the house down an embankment. But for some reason, he was never actually looked upon as a murder suspect by the police. Um, he was only, he was literally just ordered to pay for some fines for stealing. But you think he's, he's at the scene at the time the fire's going on. Yeah. There's a strong possibility that he could have been there when it started. If, if you think, if this is a serious investigation. I mean, of all the things to start that one night, coincidentally, a guy trying to, what's, uh, cut the power line? No, I would say the, the phone line? Um, well, he's actually trying to cut the power line, but he got the phone line. Instead. Mm, just so he could steal stuff, right? I, that's, that's what, what they said. must have come to the conclusion, I guess. But there were the, there's another theory why they might have gone easy on him coming up, I think. Uh-huh. But, I do, you know, cutting the phone line does make sense if it's a kind of conspiracy, because mm. 
is trying to cut their lines of communication. If you think it's all just trying to make it more and more difficult for them to get help, I think. Uh, Another uh, witness was a bus driver who saw fireballs being thrown onto the house before the fire started. This was actually backed up by um, the fact that the following spring, their youngest daughter, Sylvia, um, found a, a green shell in the yard. And the Sodder family um, took it to a, a military friend who kind of knew about this kind of stuff. And uh, he believed it was an explosive device similar to a napalm bomb. Fucking hell. Which is quite, I think that's quite powerful, isn't it, napalm? That's the napalm, th- is, it's, it's not just uh, something that explodes, but uh, it's like uh, a blanket of fire, isn't it? Yeah. That kind of covers whatever it lands on. Yeah, because all, all I know about napalm is the quote from Apocalypse Now, is it? Oh, it smells great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. So, yeah, I mean, I should point out, it's it said similar to napalm, so it doesn't necessarily mm. mean it was. So we can't say yeah. for sure. And also, that's, that's only just what I'm reading on this thing. It might not be true at all. Sylvia might not have found anything, but we just have to see. You just have to, yeah, because at this point, it's far too late to have an ongoing investigation, and you have to deal with what's been given to you at that yeah. At this point. Also backing up these claims was a woman who claimed to have seen the children in a passing car when the fire was in progress. Uh, oh, yeah. But that's only one person. I think if there was more, kind of, that would have backed up. See, there's a lot of people that are actually witnessing things like this, but is this house situated in the middle of nowhere? Or is it on, like, is it near a main road or something? Or I, I get a sense there could be, like, people close, but not, like, right next door. Yeah. And then again, that woman who passed... If she is a stranger to the family, the children she could have claimed to see were the ones that actually made it out. And to her, it's just children, you know. Yeah. So you don't know. Yeah. Another claim was that um, a woman believed she saw four of the five missing children at, at her hotel in Charleston, South Carolina. She said that they were, they were with two men and two women at the time. Um, she did claim she tried to speak to the children, but they asked adults were a bit hostile and wouldn't allow it. She claims that these um, these two women, two men and two women, were speaking to the children in Italian. And according to her, yeah, they checked in around about midnight. So that's not too long after it's all happened, or it's before, yeah. possibly. Yeah, this is before the fires happened. Because it happened about one thirty. Yeah, that's so. that's when they kind of the sort of family realise. Guess and it's got to have started pretty soon, just before. Then again, the kidnapping could have happened before the initial fire. Yeah, that's that's one theory um, that I think I think they believe is quite strong. Yeah, so, because what was it? Um, uh, what's the, what's the woman's name? Uh, Martha, the the mum. Oh no, Jenny. Mom. Jenny's the mum. Jenny, yeah. She she noticed that the before she went to bed, she noticed that the windows and uh, the, the the doors were unlocked, and that must have been at what like eleven or something or. Yeah, she, or she said this was around about after midnight, I think. And she got that call oh, just after midnight. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's a bit of a stretch actually, because you know, to get them to the hotel before then, you would have had to really done a sneaky uh, kidnapping, you know, like a real ninja style kidnapping, especially to get at least five children, uh, two of them being quite fully grown. Yeah, out quietly. I mean, you know. Yeah, I think they did say. Uh, 
forget how old the, the oldest one was. I think it's about like twelve or. I think 15. there were two quite well-grown boys. Yeah, there was Morris. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I did read some of the names. There were. I think there was a Martha as well. There was, mm. there was a Betty. Uh, I forgot some of them. I did see some of them, but um, yeah. So there was. Um, I think they said yeah. There's five missing children altogether. I think. Shit. Wow, that's, so that's quite a lot. Yeah, um, but this woman, for some reason, um, she was just not considered very reliable. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I don't know how you kind of decide that in a way. Uh, she could have been... Kind of, I suppose it's just it's problem it's when it's just one person. If there's lots of people, it's kind mm. of stronger to kind of make that claim. But When it's one person, uh, you might contradict things or something. Yeah. Now... Jenny did try doing, like, some, like, her own research in burning things to see... So that's what their real kind of concern was. There's no bones found at all. And, as we said earlier, you expect to find something. So she tried, like, burning chicken bones in the stove, which, I mean, it's not not perhaps the most precise of experiments, particularly in comparison to what happened to their house. Uh. But she can never completely kind of destroy them. Yeah. So that was kind of, in her mind, that would have furthered her belief that this, this wouldn't happen. And, and around about the same time, they learned about the other home that burnt to the ground and the seven skeletons were found in the debris. That's, that just Do you think that could have been... No, no, it couldn't have been a red herring, because if, if the people that kidnapped the children set off another fire to put off the trail, they, would have, they, they wouldn't have been able to... The fact that the skeleton showed up would have just put more heat on them, so yeah. it couldn't have been them. Uh... If this had been, like, a setup, the guy that who, who was found stealing the ladder and stuff like that, you'd try and, like, pin it on him if you were setting it up. Yeah, that's true. Like, if he was just unfortunate to be a dick at the wrong time. Yeah. No, not, a, not a murderer, but a dick, you know, trying to steal stuff. Yeah, then that's your escape goat right there. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, it, like, even if you were kind of, even if you knew him, mm. you'd try and just kind of set him up, basically. I think. Yeah. Because he got caught, so that's his big, his big whoopee, you know. Yeah. Um. Uh, my, my my thing about him is maybe he was being like protected by someone. Because he knows too much. Yeah, and they paid him. off the police and go easy on him. Don't do the murder charge. Yeah. Or anything like that, and just just find him for stealing, basically. Yeah, because they'll be making that money back easily with five kids, you know. Yeah, I just I just thought it could have been so easy to, to set him up because he's at the scene virtually around about the time, so he's got he's got to be close to the conspirators. He's got something. It's got to be someone they weren't willing to see go down for it, so they weren't willing to set him up, but they wanted him to do this, so. Because I, I just thought if it was like it was one big conspiracy, you could get get him set up, and then your name's like nowhere near near linked to it. Yeah, it would just be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Because the problem with him being like not kind of found guilty of it is there's still suspicion. You know, I, I'm even surprised because at the time the police were unscrupulous for just trying to cut corners and, you know, yeah. get a case solved, even if it wasn't solved, get that stamp solved on it. So, like, to to not put it on this one guy, it's surprising the police didn't try that, you know? Yeah. Like, I, it, it does sound almost like it could be, like, a case of the police just not really wanting to deal with it and just trying yeah. to get it over as quick as possible. 
then again, this isn't LA or the Midlands, so the police may, might not be as corrupt there. Yeah. You know? So uh, the Sodders, like, with all this, like, um, they had a few leads, obviously, that the um, these, like, witnesses and stuff like that, and they thought, well, why not try and get the case reopened? But um, yeah. the police just thought no crime had taken place. They just thought it was one big kind of tragic accident, basically. Four years later, the Sodder family ended up digging a lot of their former home, trying yeah. to find any remains that might have been overlooked. And again, as I said, uh, some of these, like, bones were found and possible, like, human organs, but they all turned out to be, yeah, a, a, it says here, a relatively fresh beef liver. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it was, had nothing to do with a human. Yeah, and, like, pieces of, kind of, vertebrae and small bones possibly belonging to a child's hand were found. Oh, my God. Um, however, a medical expert who was involved in the case, said that it's very unlikely that all the other remains would be destroyed in such a quick burning fire. So he thought even in such a bad fire, you'd still expect to find some of the other remains. You wouldn't just find one person's kind of remains. I mean, even the Hiroshima bomb left evidence of people. Yeah. You know, like, there's got to be something, at least. Like, you can't... Everything would turn to ash, I don't think. Like, even... I mean... Where's the ash? You know, like, where would yeah. the ash be? I mean, I... Yeah, you'd... I, know. I mean, I know it'd be difficult to find it in amongst all the other kind of ash bits of ash building, bits, but yeah. it's still kind of... <sighs> I mean, today, you'd probably be able to differentiate between the ash in some way, scientifically, now. But I accept it's kind of possibly difficult, but you'd still expect to find something. Yeah, and um, this expert... Um, kind of, he f- he felt that the remains came from a, a fourteen or a fifteen year, year old child, right. which is kind of exactly kind of like Morris's age, right? Yeah. But George um, didn't believe bones belonged to Morris because of the location they were found. Um, that's not really explained very well in this. He doesn't say whereabouts they were found. No, and why he why he was sceptical about the location that this was found. Uh, so he just he didn't he didn't whether he whether they had like separate places for the boys and the girls maybe yeah. and he's found where the girls might have gone to bed. Well, that's the thing. Like, if funny business happened with with anyone that came in, you don't know what could kind of shit happened. Like, yeah. if he, he he got made an example of or something. Or then again, I'm I'm saying all this kind of mafia style stuff, but it'd be hard for this shit again to happen in a house. In the dead of night, really quietly, you know. Like, yeah. Just, uh, it's just so many different things to consider. Yeah. These uh, bones were actually tested quite a few years later. Yeah. And it was considered that the um, bones belonged to a person of 16 to 22 years of age. But also, oh. most crucially, um, the bones showed no signs of being damaged in a fire. Of what? So this is... So they must have been planted? Yes, this is what people believe. Or, or they were there just long before the fire. Possibly. Fuck. And when were, when were the bones found? Um, this was, yeah, for 1949, I think, this would have been. <sighs> yeah, so that kind of just adds to, the, I think, the people who think this is such a some cover-up, basically. Uh, how long did it take for the bones to be found after the initial burning? I don't know, actually. Uh. Yeah, that's one thing I don't know. The only thing I'm slightly sceptical about this is, you'd, if it was a cover-up, wouldn't you expect to find four or five yeah. kind of bits of 
like people down like, there. Ju- just because he's the biggest child doesn't mean he's got the more <laughs> yeah. bone to go around, you know. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I just think unless these like, I just you find like all these like some of these kind of crimes, and yeah. you think they're the cover ups, but you think they do a better job of it sometimes. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> like that, all that, all that, uh, that red herring did. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't calm anyone down. If anything, it, it made people more concerned about yeah. where they might be because it did the opposite. Because, um, yeah, it's it's a very small piece of evidence to leave, which asks questions of actual physics. You know, like why did this bone not break break down? Even in, even if you can't tell whether it was bone damage from fire, it would still be why did did this bone survive and the others not? Yeah. Why was it left here in this particular area where the boys would never go? Mm. It just adds to the flame, uh, ironically, you know, so... Yeah, right, now we're going to come to six years after the tragedy. Um, the Sodders make one last attempt to find any new leads, and so they put up a, a massive, like, billboard on the side of their house, Yeah, and it had, like, pictures of, of five of their missing children. Yeah. And it had, like, the whole story. You can see it on the uh, internet. It looks like... Um, it just looked like kind of like a graffiti thing on on a kind of white wall. I actually seen it. Um, there's one in like Southwold. And it's got like a lot because George Orwell used to stay there, and it's got kind of like loads of George Orwell quotes on there and that stuff like that. It looks a bit I've like that. There. If you can see the it, five, yeah. what was it? A five thousand dollar reward. Ten thousand eventually. Ten thousand. up to yeah. It was five thousand at the beginning. That's sad, really. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, and it comes to now, to 1960... Actually, I'll go to 1967 first, because George Sodder, was, he kind of just did his own investigations, really, or he got other people involved as well. Yeah. He started to kind of travel into different areas of America because the theory was that the kind of kids had been kidnapped and they were possibly still in America. There was one theory that they'd gone over to Italy and that they were yeah. possibly being looked after there for some reason. And so he kind of, uh, he went to a convent, and I think in, well, no, he went, he, w- he went to see a woman in St. Louis who claimed Martha was being held in a convent there. Yeah. Which I've heard, I've heard a lot, lot, like, kind of dads used to send their daughters to convent sometimes, particularly, like, the strong Catholics in those days. So I'm not course, saying yeah. he, he put that, but... Um, um, and, you know, the American Italians, they were quite often Catholics, or I think they were all pretty much Catholics. So mm. I can see that being the kind of thing they'd possibly do. So he, he was, I don't think he was satisfied that she was there, I think. He then went to Houston where he investigated another tip, and this is one of their sons, Louis Sodder, <laughs> and uh, he, he had apparently revealed his identity to this woman there when she'd had uh, after he'd had too much to drink and she said she believed that he and Morris were living in Texas somewhere Fuck. Sodder and his son-in-law um, went to go speak with her but they couldn't police were however there were able to hope, um, help them find the two men that she'd um, she'd indicated um, but they denied being the missing sons um, but the um, son-in-law says that he had doubts about their denials for the rest of his yeah. life. He, he never quite believed that they were telling the truth there. But this is probably the most credible evidence coming up now. 
years, um, about a year later or so, um, they got a letter with a photo from someone who claimed to be Louis, and it was postmarked Central City, Kentucky, but it had no, it had no return address. And, yeah, this is a photo of a 30-year-old, they think, well, a man round in about his 30s, which is the same age Louis would have been at the time. Yeah. And it just said, um, Louis Soda, I love brother Frankie, little boys or something, A90132 or 35. Now, no one really knows what this means, uh, that, that number at the end, or who Frankie is after all, because there's no one in the family, I think, called Frankie. Mm. And the number, some people have possibly said it's some address or something, but no one's been able to find an address with those kind of numbers. So that, that's a mystery to everyone. Mm. But um, the, the family seemed pretty convinced this photograph was him. I'm not sure if you can see it at all, if you've seen the photo. I, no, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you put Louis Sodder in the internet, you'll find it. I'll just put it in now. I was just looking at those posters again. Yeah, uh, George Sodder, unfortunately, um, he died in 69 without finding out what happened in any way. So that's yeah. that's kind of sad, I think, in a way. That is sad, to yeah. To go that long. Uh, he sounds sound like to, to, to not give up and to try all this long time. You think to yourself, I wish they'd had a happy ending. I wish he'd be able to reunite at least one of them or yeah. if they are still alive. And I hope they had a good upbringing at some, somehow, yeah. you know, if, if they were... Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he kind of he looks uh, he looks like it aged him quite badly as well because I saw a photo of him around about like sixty seven time. Yeah. He looks like really old. Yeah, like well, it would, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, it shows it was a guy who actually cared. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of all like the researching that they did, and they never never found out any more really about that. And so it comes about, why did this happen? And the biggest theory is that it was somehow mafia-related. It was some kind of mob kind of job, I guess. Yeah, because there's a whole, like, honour system of, you know, uh, we'll, if you wronged us in some part of our life or if your family did something, we'll, we'll, we'll extend to your other family or we'll take someone of your kids or something. yeah. People kind of, I think, believe this because, A, he was like a coal, kind of, he had a coal trucking business. Right. So he would have been involved in, in that industry and um, the mafia was connected to that industry. Yeah. So under a lot of pressure from, from the mafia at the time. But also he was um, he was a critic of Benito Mussolini oh, as well. Shit. So that, um, that would, may have offended some of the mafia. Um, although I just think 1945, though, uh, it was a good couple of years after Mussolini. Well, he, he was he'd been, he'd been overthrown by then, hadn't he? I think he wasn't yeah. quite. I don't think he was, he was dead by kind of December of 45 as well. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm too convinced by that one. I think it's probably got more to do with the whole coal trucking business. Maybe. So yeah, that that's the main theory. Um, the other idea is that, that, that they just all died in the fire. Two parent, the two solder parents who just couldn't accept that their kids had died. Which I don't. I, I just feel you'd expect to find something. At least you know, just the tiniest thing. Yeah, I just think there's so many coincidences that yeah, coincidences do happen. But I just feel all that bad luck in one night. That's yeah. usually, I think, probably wished upon you. It's too coincidental. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I kind of, I don't think that's a wishful thinking, thinking that they're still alive. Well, they're probably not still alive now, but I think they probably I mean, survived you would, Unless you had hard evidence, then yeah, sure, you can start thinking otherwise, but... Yeah. It, it part of you starts to think, like, it's also hope. You know, you hope that the lack of evidence is like a, a sign that there's someone, that they're still out there. Yeah. I, I should say um, one quick thing about Louis, though. I did see, I was watching some video on YouTube where this guy got one of those, like, face recognition apps and he put um, the, the photo of, there's a photo of Louis when he was younger around the time of the disappearance and the photo that was sent to them claiming to be Louis. And it did get an 84% face recognition on this thing. 84 Then again, it's one of those apps, yeah, isn't it? You can't... You can't Never necessarily trust, but I just, I just thought that was interesting to add that in, so... It is true, though. Yeah. I th- well, yeah. Go on. No, but I was just going to say, personally, I think they survived somehow. I don't have a clue what happened to them afterwards. Yeah. It just seems too unrealistic that they, they would have perished in a, in a all-too-powerful fire that was very selective about what it burnt. Yeah. Um, but, I, 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 yeah, like, I hope they did, and I believe they did as well, and I just hope that they, had a, they at least had a de- decent life. Uh, yeah. they went. Also, if if the mafia had like kidnapped you, you wouldn't be too. I don't think you'd be rushing to kind of necessarily talk to your family if you knew that would hurt them. Yeah, well. exactly. And I think the mafia would be pretty keen you didn't talk to them as well. So. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So it helps everyone, you know. Yeah. As much as it hurts, not talking to them again. Yeah, and also if they were kept for like a long time. If it was like a big grudge. I can see them keeping them for a long time. Because I did hear of, like, fear it's, like, some extortion thing. But I was thinking, we, once, like, the sort of fact, if they paid up, you'd return the children. Mm. You wouldn't... I don't, I don't see them, like, keeping them for, like, years on end. I, yeah. I, if anything, they probably would have gotten rid of them by taking them to a convent or something. Yeah. Well, that's the nicer thought anyway, I mean... Yeah, so, but um, we'll probably never find out what happened to them, unfortunately. Probably. I think it's just been too long. So, yeah, but it's a bit, it's a bit sad in some ways, but you've got that hope that they still survived somewhere. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, it's a, a bit of a, a dark note to end on, but at the same time, at least it shows how uh, much we should be thankful for living in this century. Uh, in this decade, yeah. rather. Uh, this century, yeah, actually. Um, whereas if there was a kidnapping, or at least some foul play, we'd know about it on the same day. Yeah. You know? To be fair, if there's, like, kidnapping now, there'd be a whole the media rush would be Oh, yeah. Massive. Particularly, like, uh, four or five children. Unless there was some questionable stuff, like, you know, with the whole Madeleine McCann thing, you know. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. But there's plenty of children in the world. I mean, Tarnum's... Got her children oh, yeah. As long as she's looking after them now, yeah. they're going to be fine. You know, I think the big question is who's going to be the next Tarmin? Yeah, to protect our future. Oh God, the next Tarmin. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, wow. I think we should wrap that up now. It's yeah, yeah, longer like, um, than I thought it would. No, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's you know, we've 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 learned to uh, to keep our doors locked. I think. Yeah. That's what we do now. Keep, keep, keep an eye on your electrical equipment. Yeah, yeah. Don't get dodgy Let the worry. gas meter in, but, you know, make sure he's got an ID card. Oh, yeah, should always do that. Mm, did that today, actually. Did you? You yeah. actually checked properly that... 
oh, I check. I had a little, good look at his uh, his ID. <laughs> uh, closed the doors as he went through. You know, you can't have a look at my DVD collection. <laughs> Sorry, mate. And having a little look at, oh, what will I need? Yeah, now? I know that's the thing Get I'm most la- worried about. People see. Yeah, good look at the layout of the house. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's not like the TV or stuff like that. It's the DVDs that I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah. I'll keep that shit tight, yeah. you know. You can take my plasma, mate, but don't you go looking after my Poundland DVDs. <laughs> yeah, they, they can take the dogs, but the DVDs, no. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I think we'll wrap it up here. Yeah, mate. yeah. time to go. Yeah. So, And I uh, hope to see you next time, listeners. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, Tyler might be back. If she's not, you'll have a nice extra round of me and Matt unhinged yeah. once again. Oh, yeah, unhinged, yeah. yeah. Wow. Our, what should we call this? Should we call it our dirty dozens? Our our, uh, our dirty steamers? Oh, dirty steamer! I like that one. Dirty steamers? Yeah, yeah like why not? Because it, we could be train conductors, but we could also uh, uh, be really nasty bedroom dwellers as well. Yeah, with that name. Yeah, I like, I like it. it. Oh, um, I, we should probably mention you can social media us and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yes. Send us, drop us an email. Slap on a nice message on the Twitter. Dorks deduction. Uh, you know, go onto our Facebook. We love you on there. And, uh, and send me a <laughs> send me a, a valent- an early Valentine's card if you like. Oh yeah, that is early actually. That is early, yeah, or a late one. Yeah, late one. Yeah. <laughs> it's up to you. It's up to you. <laughs> yeah, but um, compiling in here, so you don't. Oh, they to. do, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we'll, uh, we'll, you know, make it stand out. Put a, put on a bit of glitter, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll look. We'll read it out on the actual podcast. Please use glue to stick it on. Not your homemade glue <laughs> to stick it on. <laughs> yes, that's a that's a must. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, hope you guys have a, a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Au revoir. Drop your hat, I get lost, get lost, get lost, get lost, get lost among the new moon heads. Sword off, sword off, sword off, sword off.